Is Tornado Alley changing, as has been suggested by some following unlikely twisters striking unlikely places? But a spring storm spawned multiple tornadoes this week in my hometown of Seminole, Oklahoma. That is certainly Tornado Alley. With storm chasers on the ground and in the air, one local TV meteorologist was showing a live shot of a tornado coming down on my hometown in Oklahoma when a twin second tornado came down from the very same cloud. Surprising, no deaths after plenty of warning, sirens sounding. Some had to be rescued from the debris, including a baby. Tornadic winds seemingly more prevalent many places this year. On Monday, it's Victory Day in Russia. But what does victory mean in trying to proclaim a win in the storm of war that's anything but a win for either side? With Mother's Day on Sunday, all of us need to pause even in our storms. Pause and find the peace of Christ. Welcome to Haven Today here on Friday. I'm Charles Morris sharing the great story that's all about Jesus. And this is a program called Rejoicing in Jesus. In a moment, we're going to wrap up the book of Philippians. It's a joy-filled book that you need to read, to be encouraged by, to be nourished by. But first, I want us to go to Eastern Europe. I want us to get a report from the president of Mission Eurasia. He's at a distribution center. And Sergei Rakuba is going to give us an update now about how things are going there. Charles, this is so good to talk to you. Your listeners, one of the most generous people we know providing resources available, and using that resources, Mission Eurasia was able to obtain and pack and deliver 30,000 family food packages as of today in all different locations where we are helping refugees. 30,000 food packages that are already delivered. We are setting our bar a little higher. The need is enormous. All what we just provided, it's still, it's like drop in the bucket, but we need another 40,000 food packages so that we will be able to help people who are in need. We see here in Moldova, there is a a little surge again in the number of refugees that are now crossing the border, uh, flooding to Moldova from Transnistria, which is right just, you know, 40 kilometers from the place where we are now. That's where Russian army started kind of disturbing the situation You know, you've heard in the news, you know, there were some explosions, you know, some Mm -hmm. military activity. So there is the larger number of refugees crossing the border to this area, to Moldova, and we really, really need help. So 30,000 food packages have been already packed and delivered across all the places, you know, where Mission Eurasia is working. We bring that food to a uh, food sorting packing place like this. And from here, it's all put with great love into those food packages and then volunteers volunteers rush it farther where people are in need. Thanks, Sergei Rakuba, along with the chairman of your board, Wayne Shepard, a friend of mine. Both of you are friends that I've known for a long time. Later on, I'll tell you how you can share in the needs going on in Ukraine. But first, I want us to open the program from Sing the Bible 1, He Will Rejoice. He will rejoice over you with gladness he will quiet you with his love he will 
rejoice over you with singing. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you with his love. He will rejoice over you with singing. The Lord God is in your midst. The mighty one who saves. Sing the Bible fame, and he will rejoice, opening a haven today called Rejoicing in Jesus. And after this program, I'll give you our contact information on how you can get the Sing the Bible 4 CD set by Randall Goodgame. Songs written to help children, his own children, memorize scripture and introduce them to Jesus in a fun way. Do you not know? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God. We are more than conquerors through Him who loved us, through Him who loved us. To you, O Lord, I lift up my soul. In you I trust, O my God. Every song from Sing the Bible is word for word from Scripture. Whether you have the CD on in a car or it's playing while you're doing things around your home, the children around you 
are going to memorize God's Word in a fun new way, and I think you'll be encouraged by God's Word through music as well. Let me give you our contact information, and for your minimum gift, we'll send you the four-CD set of Sing the Bible. The number you can call in a little bit is 800-65-HAVEN. 800-65-HAVEN. And if you just like the brand new Sing the Bible, Volume 4, we have that for your gift of any amount. You can also hear samples from all the CDs and watch the video there at our website, haventoday.org. Haventoday.org. Now, we've been in the book of Philippians on our weekday program for the last two weeks. And now we come to the end of this wonderful book. The most joyful book in all the Bible. The word joy or rejoice used more in this short letter than all the other books in all the Bible. The most Christ-centered book we have. Joy in Christ are mentioned more than in any other book in God's Word. Joy in Christ is the center of this little letter that the Apostle Paul wrote to a group of Christians while he was sitting in chains in a jail cell. And it puts the entire letter into perspective, wouldn't you say? Paul was able to find joy in the midst of painful circumstances. He was able to find Christ in the midst of his struggles. It reminds me that even if you and I are struggling, and many of us are, the joy of Christ and his love for us is never too far away. There is still hope, and that hope is found in his name. The name that is repeated more times in Philippians than any other book, the name Christ. We have hope in Christ that he will finish a good work that he started in us that will meet up with us in our struggles. That's what Paul learned in that jail cell, and that's what he wanted to tell the Philippians. They were apparently struggling, and Paul knew that. The joy of Christ could bring reconciliation. Listen to his words in Philippians 4, 2 and 3. I plead with Euodia, and I plead with Syntyche, to be of the same mind in the Lord. Yes, and I ask you, my true companion, help these women since they have contended at my side in the cause of the gospel, along with Clement and the rest of my co-workers, whose names are in the book of life. So there was a conflict in the church between two faithful co-laborers of Paul, and there are three details that I think we can pick up on in this brief passage. Paul was pleading with these Christians, Often in the church, if conflict arises, it either gets ignored, so it festers, or it erupts into church splits, or members storming out, leaving the church to find another one. Paul didn't want that. He wanted the church to fight for its unity. So he pleaded with those struggling sisters, please reconcile. If there is any shared joy you have in Christ, find a way to work through the issue. And that's a word for us today. We're too quick at times to draw lines where Christ has erased those lines. We see it most clearly in the political realm today. If you're on the left, you hate the right. If you're on the right, you hate the left. But Christ followers are called to something deeper, a commitment to the good and well-being of our neighbor because of the joy and love we found in Jesus. If there is any joy we share in Christ— we must find a way to love our brothers and sisters in the Lord. And a second detail that you notice, he describes unity as the same mind. Where have we heard that before? 
You may remember Paul used this exact phrase a couple of chapters before in Philippians 2, when he was challenging Christians to have the same mind as Christ, a mind of humility and sacrifice. He was calling every believer to consider others as more significant than themselves. And here, speaking to two Christian women in conflict, he called them to the same humility, a humility that steps underneath others and lifts them up and places their concerns over their own. Now, that's how reconciliation can happen then and now. It's easy to stand to the side and demand the other side change its mind. It's much more difficult to step down and pursue reconciliation by seeking the needs and concerns of the other. But that was what Paul called us to, humility. Humility that empties itself, that serves, that's willing to sacrifice for the sake of the good. This is Christ for us, isn't it? He humbled himself. He took on flesh. He went to the cross to save us. And that leads me to a third detail, a third reason to reconcile. Whose names are in the book of life? This is what Paul reminds these Philippians about. When you quarrel and fight and hate your brothers and sisters, you're quarreling with people who have their names written in the book of life. Now, that is a powerful reason to find a way through any conflict. This isn't just another person. This is a person who will spend eternity with the Lord because of what Christ has done for them. Christ loved us enough to die for us. The other person might even be written next to ours. So we can find a way with the help of the Lord to reconcile. And joy leads to peace. That's Paul's argument. That's Paul's idea for this letter. And moving on from this conflict, he reflects on this more as he continues in Philippians 4. And we're going to hear this next passage read to us by my friend Sally Lloyd-Jones. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, Whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. That's Sally Lloyd-Jones, reading from Philippians 4, 4 through 9, from the Sing the Bible, Volume 1 album. Another example of how Scripture saturated those albums are. Now, there's so much in this short passage, we couldn't possibly talk about it all. But think about the direction this passage leads. Joy to peace, joy to peace. Rejoice, Paul says. Rejoice in the Lord always. And this rejoicing gives way to what? Do not be anxious about anything. Now, Paul wasn't talking about clinical depression or anxiety, which we don't have control over. He was talking about our outlook on this world. Do you see your circumstances and immediately need to be in control? Is your joy stolen because you focus on your need for control? Rejoice in the Lord, and out of that joy, bring to him all of your concerns. 
do not be anxious, but in your joy pray. When we know Christ is our source of joy, we will want to bring him anything that threatens it. And what happens? Peace. The peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, that will guard our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Joy to peace. We rejoice. We pray about those things that threaten our joy. And when we do that, we find peace. But it's peace in Christ. And that peace gives us the space and the time to reflect. That's what Paul is calling us to in verse 8. Whatever is good or praiseworthy, whatever is pure or noble or lovely, think on these things. Reflect on these things. Meditate on these things. Meditate on the goodness of the Lord to guard you from evil. Reflect on Christ's love for you that secures your hope and peace in the midst of chaos and turmoil. As you sin, remember his patience with you, even when sin crouches at the door day by day. And think about his grace that leads you onward and upward. And what is the result? It is joy. We can't think about these things without our heart leaping for joy. Not if we are truly meditating on them in the name of Jesus. And that joy leads to peace. The God of peace will be with us as we go. Rejoice in Christ and watch your joy burst through the darkness. And this is really Paul's secret. And he went on to say in verse 12, I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or whether hungry, whether living in plenty or living in want. And here we get to verse 13. I can do all this through him who gives me strength. How did the Apostle Paul learn to live like this? You don't meet many people like this in today's world, with consumerism and greed running the day. We're pressured to want more and need more every day, even if we're already full. The thought of losing everything is just too much for some people. But Paul learned how to live and be content. How? Through him who gives me strength. And through Christ he was able to find peace, contentment with his life. The joy that Christ gave him was more than enough to sustain him through the ups and the downs. And if you know Paul's life, you know he had a lot of downs. But his secret was that his joy was not tied to anything here on earth. He could have lost everything. He did lose everything. But his joy in Christ would not be taken away. And that's the word that Christ wants to leave with us today. Find your joy in Jesus. Rejoice in Christ. And again, I will say, rejoice. Anchor your joy in him and his love for you. And yes, you will find peace. Remember, Paul was in prison. Peace did not mean comfort. It did not mean wealth or health. Peace meant stability, confidence, rest. And this is what we'll find when we turn to Christ. Peace and joy overflowing into peace. Christ is for us. Our joy is in Christ. And no one can take that away. So join me today. Rejoice in Christ. And again, I will say, rejoice. Lift your eyes. Don't worry about tomorrow. Peace will come. And still every anxious thought 
from a single by Brad and Rebecca called Rejoice. They're a married couple. I'm Charles Morris here on Haven Today, Rejoicing in Jesus. Randall Goodgame wants to help you and the children around you know Jesus better by memorizing God's Word. Here's how he explains it in his own words. You know, there's nothing like the Word of God to help us remember how much He loves us and who, what He thinks of us you know, to, to help us 
remember the story that we've been written into here in, in eternity. And so when we, when we listen over and over to his word and we get it in our hearts, it just transforms us. There's just no question about it. And so um, I always say these songs serve me first, but I have just heard countless times from families, kids, parents, grandparents, how uh, these songs have helped them to hide in their heart so that the Holy Spirit can bring it to mind when they need. And um, so as, as long as I keep hearing that story, I'm going to keep making these records. I'm so thankful for the time I spent a few days ago with Randall, his heart for the gospel, his heart for children to know Jesus. It's infectious. All four of his Sing the Bible albums are filled with songs that are word for word scripture. You'll be surprised at how quickly the children around you remember Scripture, and I know you'll be surprised as well for yourself. I'd like to send you all four of the Sing the Bible CDs for your minimum gift or more to support our ministry's gospel work. Just call us right now at 800-65-HAVEN, 800-65-HAVEN. Or go online and watch the music videos, listen to samples from the albums, and then you can make your gift at haventoday.org haventoday.org. And don't forget, as we heard when we started our program, the war in Ukraine is still underway. Millions are fleeing. Millions need food. Millions need hope in Jesus. Our friends at Mission Eurasia are on the ground, handing out food, scripture, and hope in Jesus. $50 feeds a family of five for a week. Pray about how much you can send to support refugees in and around Ukraine. 100% of those gifts will go directly to help those in need. I'm Charles Morris. Thanks so much for joining me. Won't you come back again next time when again together we'll share the great story. It's all about Jesus here on Haven Today. Here for your encouragement and your walk with Jesus, I'm Charles Morris with Haven Ministries, inviting you to anchor your day in God's Word. Imagine this scene, a hushed silence over the camp, all Israel knowing it was the Day of Atonement. There walked the high priest. His job was to cleanse the tabernacle with the blood of a bull and a goat. That isn't the end, though. Everyone in the camp knew the same ceremony would happen the next year, And in between, there would be countless sacrifices offered to the Lord. Is this going to be an endless cycle of sacrifices to go on forever? No, Jesus finished it. Unlike the other high priests, he didn't need to offer sacrifices day by day, first for his own sins and then for the sins of the people. He sacrificed for their sins once and for all. He offered himself. Get started with Anchor Devotional today. Visit GetAnchor.com.